The following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Podcast One presents Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze, an entertaining behind-the-scenes look at the world of food, where you'll hear from anyone and everyone from the culinary industry, including restaurateurs, TV hosts, celebrity chefs, producers of your favorite cooking shows, and many more. Now, here's your host, Richard Blaze. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Richard Blaze, Jasmine Blaze here. Jasmine Blaze is just uncorked. The mini bottle of Luxardo Amaretto. Where did, where did this come from? A non-podcast it, sponsor. It had to come from some sort of. Or uh, it had to come from some sort of chef crab bag thing, don't you think? Crab bag. Crab bag. A crab bag. Crab bag. First of all, a crab bag. If there was would a be, Maryland food and wine, that's Maryland. It. <laughs> you def. First of all, there probably is. Okay, you guys can have that idea. But what about the? What about in the ho- talking about holiday season? What is the thing you do when you? Um, secret Santa. Oh, there's no secret crab. <laughs> Well, there is. That happens in college. <laughs> oh. uh, you just uncorked the mini amaretto. Now mm-hmm. it doesn't. It's too big for a um, airplane bottle. It definitely looks like something that was in like a food festival. It's a fifty milliliter gift bag. Is that not what they the give crab you? The crab bag. Well, fifty mil, fifty ml. Is it? I don't know. I but it's it's, that's a perfect segue to what we were starting with. Uh, one of my hot take rants, just to get into oh, this yeah. podcast. Okay, go for it. Another chef friend of ours. Uh, just posted an Instagram picture of how they lost all this weight and I'm over it. <laughs> I'm waiting for the rant. Um, the rant is I am a chef who lost. I'm over it. <laughs> and another thing, I'm over it. By the way, we have to work in some Bobby Moynihan drunk uncle into this. That's what I'm trying to uh, do right trying here. Trying to channel that. Trying to channel the drunk right. uncle as you are drinking the amaretto. I'm over the chef's. And I'm one of them, so I, I realize I'm kind of talking about myself. Of the, uh, I lost all this weight, uh, and I'm sober. <laughs> You're not talking about yourself, though. Let's be no, honest. No, I'm not talking You're about not, myself because You're right. you did all this um, ten, let's say ten years ago, right? Like, yes. Again, ten years too soon, babe. I yeah, I listen. I appreciate that because it makes me feel like a pioneer. Pioneers, you are. pioneers never get credit, right? Uh, well, or, you also or financial reward because you know, I mean, of do, uh, the do, work they put in. You do talk about your um, your weight loss. You do talk about that a little bit. You don't talk about. I don't your talk sobriety about sobriety part. really. No, not um, at all. At all is a personal choice. Which makes and that's sense. Fine. But I mean, I would have if like you know, you thought you could six get an mega chefs like <laughs> were like, hey, we're going to do this tour. It's going to be. Sober fit chefs right. <laughs> or whatever it is. And, and I'm, I'm halfway kidding, but I think one of the things that we do, I think well on starving for attention is reveal the layers of jealousy right. <laughs> and envy that I think yeah. sometimes we all have. I think that's okay. It's okay to root for people. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hating on people losing getting weight. Fit. Right. Yeah. And I'm not no, hating not on people all. getting fit and I'm certainly not hating on people getting sober. You're just, you're just, you're, you're kind of like upset at the, the trendiness of it. Maybe there's a part right? of it. Like it's that like almost, I feel trendy. like I just said this to you literally before we turned the mic on that. Yeah. Like the, the sober fit chef is like the chef with a full sleeve of pig tattoos right now. <laughs> like I know that's a weird comparison, but I kind of feel like that. So my hot take is, I messed up. I should have like, you know, talked about 10, 10 years, years ago, ago, really started talking about my fitness journey and who knows where you'd um, be, you know, the fact that, you know, uh, I, I'm sober, et cetera. Um, what was the other thing that I had a rant on though? Oh, you had a rant on TV. 
I just don't watch. I just don't watch TV anymore. That's all. That's that's really all it was. You know what? This is weird. When let okay, we're gonna we're gonna unpack this. Let's unpack this because I I I agree with you. Okay. I don't think TV's dead, and I don't think it's dumb. Whatever you said, because you had a couple (laughs) sips of amaretto when you said it. Um, But I'm watching less content on the traditional television stream. I think that's certainly for the case for probably most people. Right. Um, and I'm watching more Instagram videos and social media content probably than the big box that's sitting in our living room right now. Okay. Right? Yeah. That's what we're talking about. But I used to get so upset when people would be like, oh, I don't watch TV. Yeah. <laughs> right? right? It was it was like one of the first like hipsters sort of like, oh, really? Like you don't watch, you right. don't watch any TV. You don't watch Kate and Nate. Kate, what, what is it? What was it called? Kate plus eight. <laughs> Kate plus eight. This is like another 10 years ago, right? <laughs> right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like people, right. are, you don't watch it. You don't right. watch Survivor. Ago. Right. You don't watch. Like before there were options. You're Project saying. Runway. Like B- before there were like streaming options. You're saying like, I you think that's like what it was. That people didn't watch TV because it was the only mode. To Maybe really that's what it, that's, I that think that's where we're content. getting to. Okay. Um, but you're right now. It's like, I, unless there's like a show or two. Right. Um, I don't find myself like flicking through channels even even right. when I'm at a hotel maybe it's also just because of our oh I watch news. TV in a hotel that's the only Ooh. place I do watch TV mm. so this is interesting because I'm in hotels all the time right and it's literally I just it's it's the news like I literally just turn on the news and maybe that's why you're sports. always so insane when you're away from the house no it's true I can't yeah. I have to stop listening right. even in the car it's like well, it's 24 yeah. 7 uh news no. drama sometimes you just gotta and i'm put not even that wrapped up some in holiday it. music or something oh i've been thank you for bringing that up by the way yeah i am in the christmas spirit oh yeah you i'm are. always in right you go you do you enjoy christmas um usually the, the holidays are <laughs> a dark time for me are you right you're like almost done with that Is glass amaretto we should start drinking so strong amaretto. we should drink more on the podcast it's delicious um, uh, amaretto is. A, Ooh, can I smell it? It's always uh, one of my favorites. Um, it's not. It's, it's not nice. like, like a really hardcore choice. From no. I remember from my drinking days. I don't, you know? I don't think so. No. Uh, amaretto on the rocks is delicious. Mm-hmm. And you're yeah. just doing it neat. You're yeah. not even doing it on the rocks. Yeah. What was I talking it's cold, about? It's cold in the house. I don't need it. Well, what, what, what was it? I, I just you, you broke my train of thought right there. You were talking about the Christmas spirit. Yeah, Christmas spirit. Um, then the holidays are always a dark spot yeah. for me. Okay. Generally, and like usually when people say that, it's because like they lost a loved one or something like that oh, sure, and around yeah. the holidays. And right. like that's that's a, a good reason. Mm-hmm. You know, and like yeah. I, I think a lot of people also deal with a little bit of like holiday depression for many different reasons. Sure. Yeah. Mine is always because our entertainment work sort of like is it's a slower season. Yeah, you're you're here all the time. So that makes you really sad. That's not fair. <laughs> And now Brett Tomko is going to send me a text message about how you give me a lot of good. I'm going to keep it up just for on Brett. the podcast, just for Brett Tomko, who who's made now his inaugural appearance on the pod. Yeah, in name, so always far. in spirit, right. always in spirit. Um, we got to get him on here, actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, it's like because like you're not, I'm not on the road a lot during December and January, and it, you know, I, I, it's always like ah, oh, the sky is falling business wise. Always, it's never a personal yeah. thing. I love. Yeah. Being here. We could all set our watch to you saying that your career is over come January 4th. Uh, close. Yes. Right, exactly. <laughs> and some, and sometimes it's, yeah. Right? And then so miraculously like last, it picks back up. That last gig happens in December and yep. then like by Super Bowl, hopefully everything's better. Yep. <laughs> this year. Yeah. Miraculously. Okay. January is looking really busy. Is it? Yeah. Well, that's and good. maybe that's why 
I'm like in the super holiday spirit. Maybe. So it's, it's, Maybe it's, you're ready I'm, to I'm trying to loose. figure out. This has been a, look at this like a therapy session it today. It is. Um, but like, I just, I love it. I don't, the elf on the shelf is, is moving around the house. Um, I've listened to Christmas music in the car nonstop. I'm, yeah. I'm actually just all over it. Yeah. Um, we're going to make latkes, even though Hanukkah is just about over. It's yep. the last day, I think today mm, or tomorrow. It's yesterday. over. No, yesterday. Sunday. Yeah. Well, we're still, we're going to bring it back. We're going to okay. throw it back. Sure. And I'm just in latkes. it. We're going to make, we're going to bake cookies. Mm-hmm. We made waffles the other day. Yeah. It's but a good time I, I'm, to, I'm good feeling time good to, about the podcast. Yeah. I mean, about the, uh, <laughs> I've been drinking the amaretto blazes back. <laughs> and there it is. I'm going to go to reverse. Mm, Always yeah. send it. You trends. can be the, yeah, you can be uh, the trends. Tim Hollingsworth is on this podcast. That's right. So it's not going to all be just you and I. That's uh, right. That's drinking. Right. Jeez. <laughs> drinking. How boring would that be? Uh, I, I don't think it would be that boring. We're going to do a couple more episodes. So like far. That. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tim Hollingsworth is here. This is a two-parter. Oh, uh, this of, is our first two-parter, which, I mean, you know me, I've argued that all of our podcasts are going to be two-parters. Yes, you are a big, um, I'm a short don't podcast have girl. the podcast over 45 minutes. I'm a, short, I'm a, almost, I'm a shorty. I like, I like 38. What shorty? I like 38 to 45 shorty minutes. swing my way. Remember that song? Yeah. Uh, that was a good song. Uh, you're, you're right. You're, you're, you don't yeah. like a long podcast. Uh, and I agree with you, but we just end up having some awesome people on and they end we up chatting. make more two-parters. Uh, this two-parter, Tim Hollingsworth, uh, if you don't know who he is, you're not probably, you're not in the business. Um, yeah. and uh, you're not watching, you know, Netflix. Yeah. You're not watching so, Netflix. He's yeah. a chef on final table. So I'm, I know you're streaming that right now. He's a chef of Odium in LA. He's done some amazing consulting projects in LA. He was the chef of uh, a little restaurant called the French Laundry Wait, up in Yountville. What do you mean the chef of it? The chef, the, the chef de the cuisine, person doing right. The executive, you know, the executive chef, not, not uh, the namesake, right? Gotcha. I don't know specifically what the title is, but everyone knows. Yeah, it's gotcha. an interesting question, though. Right? Well, it's always. Yeah, I think it's... people get confused when I say that too. Yeah, that's confusing. I'm like, My right. chef, the chef there, and right. they're like, "Wait, aren't you like, yeah?" And mm-hmm. um, of course, but like the people who are like literally, you right. know, running running the, the service day-to-day. all all of the time. Yes, right? yeah, I which get is kind of hard when you're saying that about the French Laundry because you know TK's still. Really hands on from everything that I, absolutely. We're going there for your birthday, right? Isn't so, that something we're going to try and make? It was happen? on my list. Of things. Um, yes. So this first part is more about Tim Hollingsworth, the chef. He also did Boku's Door. I mean, this guy is really like the real deal. And now with the television like a, work, has completed the cycle. Right. Yeah, I think we also totally. have to kind of talk. Yeah, like the Boku's Door. He's competing on television. He's yeah, run he's a three Michelin star restaurant. And he's opened yeah. up his own place. Did he run a marathon yet, or lose a bunch of weight? <laughs> is he sober? <laughs> I don't know if we get into this. Um, but this one is really more about him uh, being a chef. I think we, uh, I was, I, I was going to say commiserate, but that's not the right word. We mm-hmm. talk, I commiserate maybe about being a lowly we talk intern. Talk about the old times. Uh, the old times and about yeah. being a cook in a three Michelin star restaurant, specifically about the French laundry. So some of this is going to get very inside uh, ooh, Blue Apron or inside, inside French laundry. Yeah. <laughs> inside, IFL. Inside, yeah. yeah. Ooh, inside. That's a, see, now that would be a podcast. That would be a hit. That would be a podcast. That would be a That hit. would be a hit. Mega hit. I go undercover in the French laundry for three years. I make it from and then use like a, to a chef voice to party, all the way to sous chef. See what happens next. Well, that that's actually would be really good. We got to hit someone up at the at the French Laundry see if they want to uh, uh, do that. Um, but so this is going to be fun uh, if you're in the industry. If not, if you just want to you know like learn a little bit about like what yeah. these restaurants are like, I think you'll get some good insight. I think from a this. lot of people want to know what inside the French Laundry is like. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, Here's my uh, recap of it, but <laughs> without spoiling it, hard. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I think that's super, super that's hard. yeah. I think every. I mean, that's serious. Yeah, an it's incredible a super amount serious of work. Place. Yeah, 
Um, I'm glad I did it before uh, the uh, the technology of cell phones, right? Because I like I, I think sh- we've talked about are this you before. Sure? You're glad you did it before, hmm. or I mean, I mean, for my ability the- to, I can't focus because of the phone. Sometimes the last thing you need to do is go and make a crazy Instagram post about some serious chef or no, you can't restaurant. Right, exactly. But I mean, I, I was talking more like you know, the phone is is hot in your pocket, literally mm. sometimes, and like. To go have to march through a 12-hour day without looking at your phone. We should do that challenge. I, I think I could do it for a day or two. But uh, to have to do it every day would be really Judging tough. by your screen time app on your phone, you couldn't do it. I could do it pretty I'm, easily. I travel <laughs> a lot. So it's like the only device I have like to like stay connected to the news and the world. TV. <laughs> Guys, listen. Just like starving for attention, Analon knows that food, cooking, and eating, and, and just life, it connects all of us. And I'll tell you why. Like when the food's good... You have a better time. And these Anilon Nouvelle Copper Series really helped us cook some delicious food. The breakfast the other day was amazing. Yeah. Um, everyone knows that this is uh, some, the, a product we've been using a lot at home, yeah. right? They're, they're amazing. They're we so easy. Some, easy to use. And we'll put some pictures up maybe on the stories page or something like yeah. that. But they have hard anodized construction. It's twice as hard as stainless steel. As Jeff said in the booth, it's prison yard hard. Nice. Prison hard. <laughs> uh, multi-layer metal bases are crafted with copper for excellent heat conductivity. Triple layer, premium, non-stick interiors are utensil safe. They're easy to clean. Rich sable non-stick exteriors. Unity surface with flat, easy clean rivets. Deep-seated stainless steel lids. They're oven safe to 500 degrees Fahrenheit and they have a lifetime warranty, Jasmine. Wow. Amazing. Visit Macy's to shop the collection or go to analon.com now. So listen, I think people are going to love this, Jasmine. Part one. Uh, inside baseball, a lot about the French Laundry, a lot about uh, Tim Hollingsworth. Part one, coming up now. Tim Hollingsworth is here. What's going on, dude? Good to be here. Thanks for showing up, man. Like, you are, you're a tough man to track down. You are <laughs> uh, super busy. You have, you have multiple projects going on, right? You're cooking all the time. I, I stalk you on social media. I'm trying to catch up with you. <laughs> catch up with me you're yeah. like doing all the things that I want to do basically <laughs> um, you know Artie too right you, have, you guys have hung out before we have Artie yeah. was telling me you had like a seven hour banquet together or something like that <laughs> we were at a charity event together seven hours that was it no uh, <laughs> it was it was long but it was good it was worth it time flies <laughs> um, thanks for letting us pull you away would you be I know this is one of those like um, as, as chefs who don't necessarily need to be behind the stove all the time where if you weren't here with us right now but you were in LA where would you be I would be at Odium yeah honestly. you would be right yeah, yeah. you'd be yeah. that always makes me feel so shitty about myself why <laughs> no because you have all these really great chefs yeah like Tim that come like they like it's true like mm-hmm. you know like no I'd be I'd be peeling fava beans not now because it's not spring but you know yeah. I'd be loading up the wood burning grill or I'd be coming up with a new dish or we'd oh, be yeah. doing something like I'd be in my restaurant and then my answer would always be like no I'd probably be in front of this microphone <laughs> <laughs> or, or in front of another microphone or sending someone or trying to get on some television show or something like that. Well, that's why it's called Starving for Attention. That Yes. <laughs> that is true. One of the most honest things that we've ever done, right, is just be like, call it what it is. Um, dude, I'm a fan. You know that I'm a fan. Uh, you're, you're just general, like, uh, like, like the breadth of your career has been pretty amazing. Um, like competing on like Boku's door. Yeah. I mean, being like we were talking about Artie, uh, like the, being the chef of the French Laundry. Like mm-hmm. and Artie, and Artie to me, she was like, "Weren't you a chef at the French?" I was like, "No, no, no." There's a difference between being. <laughs> 
like someone who cooked at a restaurant, right? Or someone who was on the roster versus being someone who like is leading the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then getting the chance to like do all that and like, you know, start doing your own thing. Like, I mean, I'm j- just basically patting you on the back, but like, <laughs> good job. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. No, I've been, I, I don't know. It's been like, a, it's been a good, I've been lucky. Been fortunate. I mean, I think people are like, "Oh, lucky!" Like, please, whatever. It's talents, whatever. But I think it's, I think it's the ability to to make the decision to say yes. Sometimes, you know, like, do you want to? I remember sitting around the table, and you know, it was a sous chef meeting. Thomas walks in. Um, sometimes he's in those meetings. Sometimes he's not. Like the the the, the kitchen manager meeting. He's like, "Okay, who's doing the Boca's door?" And everybody looked at me, and I was like, "Okay, I'll do it." Nice. Oh, wow. So, like, really, like impromptu, like, yeah. you know, like. I mean, Corey had come up to me before, and he, he was like, he was like, hey, I think uh, you know, you should be the guy. I mean, I'm sure Thomas like tapped him on the shoulder, being like, hey, who do you think could be the book who do the book store? You know, Corey couldn't. You can't step away from your job as the chef of the French Laundry because you go and do that sort of thing. So we took a you know a sous chef versus the chef, but right, oh. but but it, it, but it was like that simple. Like it was a meeting, and it like, meeting. did you know that that question was coming? I mean, I didn't know the chef was going to show up to right. the meeting. You know what I mean? It's like, right, like, right. So you're in like a normal like weekly yeah. management meeting. <laughs> exactly. Then the big bo- – like the boss, yeah. the namesake shows up yeah. and like throws like this – like someone's going to have to take this challenge. Like, hey, what do you think? I'm like uh, – and everybody stares at you. You're like, uh, no, I don't want to do it. No, it, not yeah. really. In my, <laughs> right, in, right, my, yeah. in my mind, if we have to reenact it – Everyone else tapes a step back, <laughs> like the old movie, right? Like, like, and you're just standing there, and it looks like, like you stepped forward. Right? I you're forgot like, to take a step back. <laughs> now, uh, so competition, obviously. Like, I mean, you could argue easily that restaurants are competition, right? right? Like, right. every day is a competition mm-hmm. versus other restaurants versus your guests. I mean, there's a lot of ways to chop that up. Um, versus the guy next to you online, you know? Yeah, same right. thing. W- right. Whoa. Okay, stop. <laughs> no, this is because this is something, again, you have to like, there's a certain, um, like when you're working in, the, in, in, in some of the best restaurants, mm-hmm. there is, and it comes up sometimes on this podcast, and there's a lot of young cooks that listen to this, is like, you just mentioned the competition next to someone who you're working next to. Like, just let's, let's take a couple moments and talk about this. Because I remember, like, that being the most competitive thing. Like, oh, yeah. I would argue that that's more competitive than any of the game shows that I've ever competed on. Or, you know, I mean, I don't know, Boku's Door, that's, that's maybe next level. But, like, working next to someone, trying to get that next level of, like, the restaurant. Yeah. Getting the next station. Yeah. You know, going from Comey to Line Cook and trying to get from fish to meat, whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, How does that play out? I mean, are you guys like... You know what we're talking about, right? Yeah, like, I know. Because, like, there, there's like... Because, one, it can be aggressive. It's a, yeah, it's a, I mean, people people are hungry, especially at, like, the top-tier restaurants in the world, right? Like, mm-hmm. take a restaurant like the French Laundry. People are, like, literally hungry. People, you know, people are collaborative. People, you know, uh, are not – it's not like a – you know, it's people aren't, like, out there to get somebody. People aren't sabotaging. No one's putting your, like, mise en place on the burner and making you burn it. But you Right. Know. That's against the <laughs> – right. That, that, s- no. s- save that for some television shows. That, 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 that has happened in kitchens I've been in. Stage in, but – Wow. Yeah, that's – in your London. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, there, there we go. There are some old stories like that. Yeah. But you're right. Everyone's hungry. And like you're, you're. I'll be honest. There were days, and uh, you know, again, I was just a intern, comi, whatever, apprentice at the French Laundry. But there were days I would leave that kitchen, and I've documented it here before. And I would. I lived in Saint Helena, and I would bicycle. You know, back mm-hmm. and forth. Like, to Yonville? Yeah, to Yonville. Guys, that's not a very, that's not a very short ride. And it's, it, <laughs> I mean, the interesting thing is, the interesting thing is, it is my sort of grandfather walking uphill 
puddle in the snow to yeah. and back from work. Like, yeah. And it's a real story. Not only like, – now I'm going to just play it out a little bit longer. It was during the original El Nino. Oh, really? <laughs> right. Like the Chris Farley El Nino. Stop it. Right. And like, I, would, I had this bike that I bought from Eric Zebold, and I mm-hmm. would like literally 3.30 in the morning <gasps> throw a garbage bag on to no. leave St. Helena to get down to Yountville. Stop it. During El Nino. I fell off my bike multiple times. <laughs> oh, my God. I fell off my bike listening to Huey Lewis's I Want a New Drug at like uh, the, uh, the Sutter Home, Suter Home yeah. sort of winery right there where the train <laughs> tracks go across. I know exactly. But it was hardcore. Yeah. But I would drive back home some, some of those days. Days because I cared about what I was doing. I was trying to make, you know, you're, you're in the be- one of the best restaurants in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would cry. Yeah. Like, because, and, and basically because my chef, and I'm not going to, you know, bring up or whatever, not, not Thomas Keller, not anyone yeah, who was yeah. really in a management position, uh-huh. but because the dude next to me mm-hmm. wanted me to fail. Like, it mm-hmm. seemed like to me. Not, yeah. not, you know, it was, probably wasn't even the case, but like, oh, your Bialdi's off a little bit. <laughs> the layers of your, and like, I would be, I would be in tears because of how competitive it was. Yeah, I remember, it, I remember like making garlic palettes and the guy, you know, my chef de partie. Oh. Being like coming coming to me the next day, being like, oh, so the garlic pellets, like what oh. happened with those? Like all, and you know, all night all night long, like I was getting crucified by the chef. <laughs> this is a first of all, like I didn't know we were gonna get down this because like you you're just saying garlic palette like, like releases anxiety. all of these like ghosts and anxiety in me. Which is like, I mean, little things too, like in the restaurant, like, like how many times can you blanch garlic and milk or yeah, whatever it is, yeah, right? Yeah. Like these little things <laughs> uh, that remind. I mean, even you just saying that was like, oh my god, my chive chips. Oh, god. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on like, what season it was because the, sometimes the potatoes were really nice and sometimes they were not, and you could not get them crispy. Period. First of all, this, <laughs> this podcast has gone to a niche level that there are only whatever how many hundreds of people that yeah. have ever worked in that kitchen can really understand, or everyone who's bought the book as well. Yeah. But those band aid shaped chive chips literally I would one for two on them (laughs) I'd have to make 500 to get 250 that were perfect because of things like you're saying too and I swear to God like it was a long time ago that I worked at the laundry but I swear to God it was before like a convection oven (laughs) like my story is like we had no oven (laughs) I was frying them in uh, which is not the case but I used uh, to make palm mac seams I remember vividly as a Comey 135 palm mac seams um for for the day that seems odd but yeah for the day so maybe we had 135 reservations but on the tasting menu I guess you had vegetation as well but like 135 palm mac seams I would be in the fish oven the canopy oven the meat oven wow. and the garmage mm. oven and then we had an oven in the back that I would be in trying to get them right for the for the I don't know the stupid season mm. when whenever they wouldn't get crispy while my chef de partie on fish station was buttering out the beet sauce with his leg on the stove. Um, oh, no. Watching me go oh, down. Yeah, there you go. Plus, like, if watching you're in, me. also if you're in four other people's ovens, yes. Like now you have potentially three more enemies. Yes, <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. People need ovens too. Excuse me. Can so, I get in here? Sorry. So, uh, so wait, were you? So wait, you you come you you started like as a comi there. I started as a comi. Yeah, I pretty so much like, worked every literally every single station. Like that story in and of itself is like. You have a book coming out. No, I have a proposal out. Okay. I mean, you need to like, want to buy it? I mean, I'm, I'm going to buy it personally for sure and get it signed. Yes. I don't, okay, good. Yeah. 
um, but that's kind of like like to, to know like and then that's what makes a chef like yourself um, you know have so much street cred and so much respect like when you've done all the stations when you've done mm-hmm. you know the Brunoise you yeah. know or these things that like um, you know uh, we you think that just interns do or something like that uh, it, it gives you a good perspective when you're finally the leader too yeah on these things I've done two delis of two, <laughs> so for, if you don't know what a deli is it's a pint right so two delis of pine nut Brunoise wow. what wow yeah. First of all, kind of so a brunoise, you know, tiny little perfect dice, yeah. right? Of how do you pine do that nuts. with a pine nut? I mean, it's, it's it's so you cut it lengthwise, and then you cut it depending on how big the pine nut is. You either yeah. cut it into three or in half. Mm. Oh again. my! Now, yeah. now they're, they're now, heavy. It's not how, like a light, like it's not like leek brunoise, right? Right. It's like pine nut. So the deli seems to stretch. And yeah. it's like you're putting them in. It's like, <laughs> this is true. This you know what? Doesn't end. Okay, so Lane, here's my. Uh, this is like t- tales from the Comey crypt right now. You know, a couple little uh, paper towels in the bottom of the deli. Oh yeah. Whoa! How you, how you fold them? <laughs> like a little, little, little air. Yeah. This I did not. This is this is gonna be. We're gonna do another podcast. <laughs> we're gonna bring in some other. Maybe we should bring in Jess Comey's. Yes. And yes. you and I. And, um, mine was something like time oil. Oh, yeah. Like a deli of thyme <laughs> oil that doesn't taste like parsley or spinach. Yeah, how? Right, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of time. And like those would be one of those things like, no, it has to be just time. It's like, I'm pretty sure it can't be. Yeah. Like Why? I'm pretty sure I will deplete the whole garden <laughs> oh. of thyme, thyme leaves. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, So yeah, like yeah. to make it taste like thyme and to also like these, these oils. Yeah. Probably still to this day, I'm assuming, of course, mm-hmm. have to be vibrant green. Oh, yeah. There's no food coloring in mm-hmm. there. The only way to do it is with maybe some natural chlorophyll from mm-hmm. spinach, which is a technique oh. that would. <laughs> we're going somewhere we can't. Oh. For over a century, San Pellegrino's sparkling mineral water has been an iconic symbol of style and taste thanks to its Italian heritage, which we just experienced firsthand totally. when we were in Italy. I actually saw like a delivery truck dropping off a whole bunch it, of panna at It was a amazing. Restaurant. I just I saw like, it all, yeah, in front of the it? restaurant. Remember right. that? Remember it was a really, really, really great cool shot. Really yellow crates. Yeah, those yellow crates were amazing. And like you just go in there and it's like, you don't even say water, you just say Pellegrino. In a world of unlimited choices, the iconic green bottle with its red stars become a universal beacon of unique taste experiences. And with its distinctive gentle bubbles, subtle nuances, and perfect mineral balance, S. Pellegrino not only pairs well, it enhances the taste of nearly all cuisines, especially mine. That's why I serve it in all of my restaurants and enjoy it at home with my family and friends. Uh, And it's these special experiences with family and friends that matter the most, a crowded dinner table, a shared moment, a time to reconnect, to tell stories, be thankful, laugh, and have fun. This holiday season, plan for an unforgettable meal and a most memorable moment with S. Pellegrino on the table. You'll find a moment of great taste waiting to be enjoyed. Enhance your holiday with unique recipes and culinary tips. Visit recipes.sanpellegrino.com. That's recipes.sanpellegrino.com. Make sure to stick around after this podcast to get the latest headlines from the AP News Minute. Can't get enough Richard Blaze? Then take a listen to any of Podcast One's other fantastic food shows. Every Wednesday, Michelle Davis and Matt Holloway of Forked Up, a Thug Kitchen podcast, serve up their own brand of food, politics, and pop culture. And chef Rick Bayless and food journalist Steve Delinsky team up every Wednesday to travel the globe while tackling food trends on The Feed. Check out Thug Kitchen and The Feed every week on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Now back to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. 
when you finally get to be the leader in a kitchen like that or in your own restaurant right now in Odium, um, does your pers- like when you're thinking about that guy with his foot up on the oven, does that change your leadership style? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you don't want to be the guy. I mean, I think, I mean, there's, look, I worked there for a long time. There was the people that were um, kind of just had it easier than others, you know, and maybe, um, you know, put everything on the Comey list. It wasn't really monitored or whatever. And that, I mean, I can, I can count on one hand who those people are. Um, we're not going to mention you guys. Don't worry. <laughs> 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 but I remember, I don't forget. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, I think having the respect for people to come and, and help them and teach them and ultimately, you know, not trying to pull away from the fact that, you know, they're doing the most important jobs in the restaurant, the, the jobs that nobody else wants to do, the jobs mm-hmm. that take that are you know really really tedious, um, and ultimately it helps them get to where they need to be. Right, you mm. have to start there in order to be able to understand how to do something on a much lever, much in, in order how to uh, butcher a fish. Right, right. I mean, a fish costs a lot more money than time. Right. So right. you know, so you know, you treat the time well. You you know, you respect that product, and then ultimately you you gain the trust to do the other stuff. So do you think do you think it made you nicer? Like, are you a nice boss, or are you like? I mean, obviously discipline in me at your level. <laughs> depends on who <laughs> you depends ask. Who we, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I would say, you know what made me nicer is our kids. Mm. My, having kids, having children, that changed me in the kitchen. Really? How? I don't know. I think it just puts a different perspective on the importance of things in life. Where the color of that oil is like everything in the moment at that time. It's not to say it's less important now, but like... Hey, there's a whole world out there, you know? Oh. <laughs> what I love about this is I just want to scream out for no reason right now. Like, sage isn't green to begin with. <laughs> like, I'm having flashbacks right now for no reason. I feel like I can only if express you it sage, to you. If you it goes brown. Like, <laughs> it's not green. It's camouflage to begin with, guys. Give me a break. <laughs> I agree with you. With the, I, I, I would echo that. Like, I feel like, and I talk about it in my, my first book that was nominated for a James Beard Award. Um, oh, very Nice. Uh, when someone you. says that they're nominated for something, it means they didn't win. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, is like w- having kids for me. I remember making asparagus with hollandaise sauce for my uh-huh. kids, and I plated it on their little like plastic plate, like three spears, oh and then like a, a squeeze bottle dip of hollandaise, and like you know, very um, if, if you can paint the picture, a French laundry dish. Yeah. And my kid was like, <laughs> <laughs> and like I was like, what does she? she I made I made a coddled egg in a mason jar for oh, her. Like yeah. this was a dip. <laughs> and like she didn't want any of it, and, I, and then the next day, the same ingredients. I fried an egg hard. <laughs> I roasted asparagus like curly and charred, and she gobbled it up. And I made a sauce with much more vinegar than it needed. Yeah, and I was like, wow. All she cares about is flavor. She doesn't mm-hmm. care about presentation, the history mm-hmm. of France. She doesn't, care about, <laughs> she doesn't care about how hard it is to make the oil or the sauce or the like, all yeah. of that, right? She doesn't care if I made the hollandaise in a blender, if I hand whisted, if I used yep. whole butter, if I used like she just cares about flavor. And like that was one moment that I had. And then also, I think what I think you're talking about too is like at the end of the day, one of my favorite Marco Pierre White. Uh, quotes right like at the end of the day it's just food just food yeah. Yeah. right and it's like it's hard in the moment yeah. when you're you know it doesn't matter what age you are but for me a 20 something comi yeah. where your whole life is riding on that Bialdi that's what mm-hmm. you think mm-hmm. and you're driving home crying because you feel like you didn't do a good job have you ever made it at home 
No, no. I Come sh- on. I, I mean, I have not, not, not okay. the whole okay. pan <laughs> serving twelve perfect slice. Like, it, I still can't watch the end of Ratatouille, <laughs> which is the dish. Like, because yeah. TK is a consultant on Rat, the movie Ratatouille, isn't he? I'm pretty sure he did something. He had something to do with it. I remember they they stood in the kitchen while I was there and they filmed us cooking. Really? Because, yeah, because they wanted. They wanted to see actual movements of people, you know, cooking and what that was like rather than just, you know, drawing and making a cartoon out of it. So they wanted it to be realistic. So true story on this one. Um, the I remember them filming us and somebody walking by, I think this person on canopy walking by Garmage. I was on Garmage at the time, dropped an egg. <gasps> and you know if somebody spills something in the kitchen or whatever, like People shoot over, clean it up, whatever. You like make it make the mess disappear in two seconds. Right. right. So that's what I did. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, I think there's the same thing. Oh, nice. That's cool. yeah. I'm that gonna go amazing. back and watch it. Now. Yes. Yeah. And Can then, I- like when you're watching Ratatouille, though, are you like, "That's me"? <laughs> <laughs> hey kids, look that's kids. me. Look kids, that's me. <laughs> that that I one. Mean, yeah. I, I know think- it's a rat. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> but then they think you're a hero. But it's true. But I mean, I think well, that just goes into the whole like, you know, to make something authentic and real, you have to actually go go watch it. Okay, I will watch the end of Ratatouille. <laughs> Is that what we're saying? You got to push through it. Then, yeah, <laughs> I remember, push the job show. Push. Which is I another remember one. being mad at Ratatouille because the whole message of it was that anybody can cook. And my husband was like, don't be so up your butt about it. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, no, listen, like, I'm spending hours and hours a day trying to make this thing perfect. And then this little rat comes on screen and he says, anybody can cook. And it made me mad. Am mm. I? Oh, did you did you feel like that? Did you feel like that? I, I mean, I just well. because I we, we mentioned it. because of We're the flashbacks, I haven't seen the end of it. How does oh, it end? It made me so mad. Um, I mean, I'm not as mad about it now, apparently. But I, I, I guess the argument, I mean, this is a totally different thing now, but like anyone can cook. Yeah. But to cook it to a certain level, right? Yeah. Which is like, I'm glad that like in my world, I somehow, this is the question I want to ask you. How long did it take to deprogram yourself or have you fully from being a Blue Apron robot? Um, this is deep French laundry stuff right here. But if you know what I know, you know what I mean. Yeah. You're not, you're yeah. not like. I mean, it's it's, uh, it's it I takes mean, a while. Not negatively, but it's a cult. No. You know, it's like you're indoctrinated into this culture. Um, so I know exactly what you mean. And um, I, I would say, before I opened up, the time between opening up the French um, Odium and French Laundry was about I think two and a half years, three years. And I literally didn't. I, I worked, but I did like consulting and like you know casual things. Yeah, though, right? very Barbecue, casual things. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And and then opening up the French restaurant, having our opening up Odium, having the opportunity to open that restaurant and be like, okay, like you know, my partner's like, okay, we're gonna you know we're, we're gonna open a restaurant. It's gonna be next to the Broad, whatever. Like, what do you mm-hmm. want it to be? And those kind of questions, having no really parameters on what it was, except for, hey, it's this box, it's this many square feet, you know, like here, there has to be stairs here, there has to be the bathrooms here because of code, whatever, exiting purposes, and having like that complete blank canvas and being like, okay, what is a restaurant to me? That process took like probably a year to really think about what it was, because it's not like what, I mean... It was a goal not to cook anything French from the French Laundry when I went there yeah. because I didn't want to be the guy that was like was the chef of the French Laundry and yeah a lot of the food I was cooking was my food or collaborative food between you know other people and you know at the end of the day I didn't want to 
I didn't want to leave the French. Why would I leave the French Laundry to open the French Laundry? Right. Right. right? Well, you like, also got to see it where when you're running the French Laundry, how many, you know, butter poached lobster tails oh, are on menus <laughs> all across. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. there was a while where there was a, there's a lot of copycat sort of stuff. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was like it was nothing. And even like from the sense of the, the elements of cooking, um, we had we had wood burning soap. You know, we, I wanted a wood burning pizza oven. I wanted a wood, wood, wood fired hearth. And the reason behind it is because I wanted, you know, I wanted to go back to the rusticity of cooking yeah. and like flavor forward and stuff like that. Not necessarily, not necessarily the motions in which fine dining is. If you go through, you know, if you eat at a fine dining restaurant, you realize that there's a ton of steps that are created just for the appearance of things or to create service. And, you know, and, and those sort of things were not necessarily a waste of time to me, but it was, it was something that I wanted to go back to more, more of a comfortable space where I grew up. You know, right. Like, I grew up from a humble family. Mm-hmm. There's five kids. We grew up in the middle of the country. Like, you know, it's I wanted I wanted that sort of aspect of things. But things that weren't even food-related, right? So, like, okay, you're not doing infused oils. You're not doing butter poached lobster. But my question to you is, was there green tape? Were there deli containers? How long? Did you physically wear a blue? Like, these are all things that I'm happened to me. I'm like, this is the only way to do it. You wear a blue apron. Everything gets green tape. You use only deli containers. Mm-hmm. Everything gets stored like this. Name, date, blah, blah, blah. Like, the things that have nothing to do with food like you just get programmed like this is yeah. this is how a mad this is how a master restaurant is how a three this is how it works so yes to everything no on that blue apron <laughs> 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 everything else yes but you know what's interesting the other i so i just opened up free play i had a health inspector come through <clears throat> this person's like the worst health inspector by the way. <laughs> it was they were they were they were crucified we got an a but they yeah. were just like it was like literally like a six hour process okay six by the way hours. i don't know if you know health inspectors love this podcast do they no no i'm just <laughs> <laughs> i love health inspectors so <laughs> no so this person told me that deli containers are actually not legal to be that you can put food in there but you can't wash it and, and put food in again mm. oh. I didn't yeah know this. i guess I, I mean i guess i can understand why but i didn't know i didn't know I that mean, either are you kidding Gosh. me how many years and years and years have you been doing that exactly <laughs> let, let me go send a text message right now <laughs> Uh, real quick, my, one budget. of my favorite um, health inspector stories, as a quick side, is uh, having a circulator like when it was still like kind yeah. of new, and having it set up in and in in knowing that that was like, oh no, the health inspector's here and the circulator's already out. What are they going to say? And they walked by, and I was like, oh. It was, and it was at something, you know, something ridiculous. It was like 40.5 or whatever. And I'm like, it's an AM radio. <laughs> no. And they were like, great. And no walked way. by and I was like, whoo. No like I kind of said as a joke, like this probably won't work yeah. because usually radios don't have water connected yeah. to this. <laughs> so your radio's in water? Yeah. Okay. But like the Braves game is coming on soon. Uh, and there we go. 40.5, which by the way also is not a possible That's AM not. radio station. No. Like, I mean, so it, it like worked numbers. on so many levels. Levels. That oh was really, really good. That's hey, listen, every car comes with its share of stories that ding in your bumper when you nervously picked up a first date, the luxury package you got after a big promotion, or the mileage you saved by riding your bike all summer. While you can't put a price tag on your stories, now with True Car, you can at least find out what your car's worth when it's time to sell or trade it in. Just go to TrueCar, simply enter your license plate number and watch how your car's details pop up. Then answer a few questions. Navigation and moonroof, watch as they bump up your value. High mileage, 
You already knew it was going to cost you, Jasmine, but now you know how much it dings your wallet so you can plan ahead. Once you're finished, you'll get a true cash offer sent in minutes, which you can take to a local certified dealer to cash out or trade in. So when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. True Cash Offer is not available in all areas. Dude, we like to play games on this podcast. If, you, if it's okay with you, I already would love to bring you back on and just do like Tales from the Comey Crypt or something like it. that. Let's do it. Um, but this one uh, is going to be specific to you. It's called Hollingsworth It or Not. Okay. So things, <laughs> things that you consider to be worth it. Or not. Pretty okay. simple. And you can expand on any and all if you'd like. All right. The first one is pretty controversial right now. In this moment, romaine lettuce. Worth it or not? Romaine lettuce. I mean, Caesar salad. Come on. How long is worth it? <laughs> oh, I love it. First of all, I love it because I felt like it might be the only one where, like, I don't know what he's going to end. Like, he's probably, <laughs> like, like, we already know he doesn't like health inspectors. So, yes, it's worth it. I agree with you. Like, take, my kids are, like, my wife did the, had the mistake of telling my youngest, who's seven, but, like, a by-the-book kid, like, uh-huh. follows all instructions about the romaine lettuce thing. That's a good and I'm, kid, by the way. Right. And I'm putting, <laughs> uh, we, and we're putting, like, butter lettuce on her sandwich, like, yesterday. And she's like, I can't do it. Oh, I'm like, geez. it's not romaine. It doesn't matter. Oh, it's no. lettuce. No so, like, lettuce now we've general? ruined her. No, like, she, in her head, though, she's just like, it's green. It's lettuce. <laughs> I don't know the difference between varieties yet. I'm seven. I can't. I don't know why she kind of has the cadence of Seinfeld. But yeah, she's like often. And then I was like, I like it's that's okay. It's not to eat her greens. D- yeah. Or right. Then do you ever do this to the kids? And like, this rarely happens to me, but I'm like, I'm a chef. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. I, you got to pull that card. I'm, I'm sorry. Okay. Right. I did like, and I, rarely, but it's only with my kids. Like, never ever would it come up where I'd be with like, but pet. wait, I'm a chef. <laughs> yeah. But with my kids, it's just like, okay. Can you wash it in front of me? That's oh, what she no said. God. Like, who do you, like, not only, you don't even respect me as a chef. <laughs> like, that you think I would tell you that I washed it and then not wash it. Like, and I, and, but I did. I washed it in front of her. So did, she wins. Did you wash it first? Did you wash it before? Uh, n- no, it was in one of the, <laughs> it, was, it was already in the pre-wash. I was going to say, I, yeah. say, I wouldn't have washed it either. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, exactly. I barely washed that. Um, quick segue. We kind of already know your answer on this, but cooking with your kids. Hollingsworth it or not? Oh, it, you, it's imperative. You have to do it. Yeah, I see. Like, you, you did you buy again? Because I stalk you on social media. You, you, you get the kids up there in some posts and some videos and oh, stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, which I always find like super endearing when it's like when you can tell that it's just authentic and it's uh-huh. not like a sponsored thing. Um, and I think you just recently had a post where you're like, "This is so important because of this." Was that? I th- yeah. think that was one of yeah, your yeah, posts, yeah. right? Like yeah. spending one on one time yeah. with your kids and like cooking and so much you can learn. I mean, why is it worth it? My biggest fear is that my kids will grow up and not respect food not understand where food comes from mm-hmm. not understand like the importance of what it is or why it was important to me um so i think starting them at a younger age is, is imperative i mean i think that i mean my daughter her first bite of solid food was foie gras no um, way yeah I know, but it was foie gras funnel cake from otium ah, yes. you know? so <laughs> delicious gras, by the way foie gras mousse, love that dish know? yeah she's had you know she had oysters the other day and literally you know she's like daddy can i have another one i here's one i i took her to arborio raku here in la um it's on la cienica and i mm-hmm. took her to um have it's like a izakaya sort of restaurant mm-hmm. we have beef liver sashimi so i'm eating with my wife a japanese person my daughter my son and literally my wife is like okay i'll 
I'll try it. Like, whatever. The right. Japanese this, person okay. I'm with is like, no. Real quick, <laughs> no was it way. sent to you or did you order it? I ordered it. <laughs> I ordered it. This yes. waiter sold yeah. it to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you got to try this. I was like, I've never had that before. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Okay. Um, I also had a turtle tasting menu there, which was wow. pretty, pretty impressive. But um, yeah, so the beef liver sashimi, I gave my daughter a bite. She ate it. And I was like, okay, wow, that's a win, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then literally in conversation, whatever, daddy, 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 can I have another bite? Right. Wow. Like, what? That's <laughs> awesome. Also Raw really interesting, too, because like there's no context, right? Yeah. Which right. was like the whole thing with my kids and like the asparagus when they're babies. Like there's no context between mm-hmm. bright green asparagus or gray asparagus, whatever it is. Like that's the first time you're tasting it. Yeah. It is always – like even when it's like pear puree when your kid is super mm-hmm. tiny, mm-hmm. the first time they taste something, there is like this remarkable thing. Like, oh, my God, you've never had a pear before. Yeah. Like, this is big news. Yeah. Um, so I made all, all the my own baby food at the beginning. Yes. Celery root was the loser. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you tried to make it happen? We I just had this conversation. And it was like, she's like, no, I'm not eating that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything else is good. Mix it with mayo. Yeah. Put it on a tuna sandwich. <laughs> uh, I, we were just saying, I've been trying to make parsnips happen for Thanksgiving at my uh-huh. house for the last three years. And Parsons I just. Are delicious. I know, I but know. I just, I had to cut them. What? Just like before you cut walked in, I just cut I parsnips from the Thanksgiving Day menu from here on out Maybe until further Christmas notice. Menu. Christmas menu. I'll try and bring it back. Well, I think that's part of the problem. We feed parsnips to the reindeer in our house for uh-huh. Christmas. Uh-huh. So like I think they're like, oh. it's reindeer food. <laughs> like it's not even like Santa doesn't even eat them. <laughs> like I, so it didn't work. I, it, 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 I, I cut them. Uh, all right. Hollingsworth or not, squeeze bottles. Yeah, you got to do it. Okay, yeah. Ooh, with, with apprehend, like a little bit, of, you're like slowed down for that one. You're like, I don't want to say yes. Yeah, you have to do it though. Come on. Why? Uh, it, con- it controls things. I mean, mm. like if you want, it, what are you going to have, a glass bottle of olive oil on your station? Right. Like what are you going to put in a deli? Like you have right. to put in a squeeze bottle. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Same thing. Right. Oh. If it was good enough for Bobby Flay in the late 80s. It's good enough for me. It's good enough for Tim Hollingsworth. <laughs> uh, tiny little tweezers that you walk around in your pocket. That, that you know that travel with you all the time or me I'm saying you, <laughs> I but like, I mean careful. me yeah well I'll tell you I'm, I'm right along with you those are if I were to if I were to walk on the line right now put an apron on the only other tool that I would have are tweezers mm, and you can nice. hit me for it um, <laughs> then we'll just go with the what, what is my typical sort of arsenal spoon mm-hmm. tweezers I'm, I know you love spoons uh, offset spatula tiny have one have gotta have, have it. it have to have it corn in your back pocket Bench, bench scraper. Oh yeah! Wow, that's like I feel like that's like like if you got a bench scraper in your back pocket, yeah. that's Michelin. Like that's why you are yeah. who you are. Yeah. We just broke down why you are who you are. You remember? No one else knows what we're talking about. You know, like a little you know to pass celery root puree for your kids through a sieve. Oh. I haven't heard it called corn in a long time. Oh, sorry. Right. Yeah, that's I don't I'd like. I remember. Yeah, it's all it. just it was, flashbacks it took me a now. Second, I was like, whoa! It's all just flashbacks. Why is it called that? I don't even know. I don't know either. I'm turning. <laughs> <laughs> Chive chips, Ricky. Chive <laughs> chips. They're burning. Did you ever receive the the like the list of tools requirements for like starting a job in the French Laundry? Oh, I don't even. I don't. I think I was there I, a long time ago, well before like even those lists exist. So what year? Ninety seven. Ninety seven. Yeah. yeah. So I started two thousand and. One two thousand one. I might have received the list in two thousand, and there was a list of all the items you had to have, and every single one that you were mentioning are on that list. That's what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah. and it's just like oh, I'm just bro- bro- broke down. Um, okay, uh, days off, worth it or not? <laughs> what is a day off? <laughs> <laughs> uh, consulting, restaurant consulting. 
Oh man! If, Ooh, I, if I say there's some, if, there's some I, I demons I, with this answer, I'd say you were worth it, so I get another job. But <laughs> it's, it's hard. It's tough. Come on. They are hearing your follow-ups. Just so you know, uh, it's it's hard because you like it's also like um, it's like adoption almost, right? Like you're yeah. helping someone with their thing, but it's not really yours, and you want it to succeed. But I, it's very very tough. We that's another. Uh, this one I'm not sure how you're going to answer because I know a little bit about your background. Kansas City barbecue worth it? Ooh. You're a Texas boy, aren't you? I can't say yes to that. Ooh! <laughs> Come on, dude. It's sticky and sticky and sweet, man. That's very good. Just We're bringing Eric Stone Street on, by the way. I didn't tell you because he's a big barbecue guy and a big Kansas City guy. And like, you're gonna have. We're gonna have you come in and tell Eric Stone Street <laughs> that you don't like. Okay, real Kansas answer. City. The other day, I made a brisket <laughs> <laughs> and I wrapped it. I wrapped it in, when I crushed it. I crushed it with KC barbecue sauce that my friend Milton, who's from KC, gave to me. Um, and and so I was like, ah, this is my fridge, whatever. So I put it in there, crush it, and continue to cook it. That was pretty good. I love that. You know what? I also love that mad respect <laughs> that you throw out the Casey masterpiece. Because like, there are just like some of these things. Like that, Frank's Red Hot oh, is yeah. another one that comes to mind. It's mm-hmm. just like, who cares Like if there's a brand label on it? It's just like good. super sweet and delicious. Yeah. And like the viscosity is perfect. And it's really good in a squeeze bottle. It We've is. tied all of these things together. <laughs> oh, wait. We have one that's personal. Ooh. Hollingsworth it or not. Pineapple on pizza. <gasps> pineapple on pizza. This a is a thousand percent. And if you in and wait, I'm gonna go percent. percent worth yes. Ooh, um, I am redeemed. Ooh, why don't you just put Canadian some bacon. barbecue sauce on it? <laughs> no, ranch dressing. <laughs> Whoa! You cannot have pizza without ranch dressing. Period. <gasps> Unless That's it's like Neapolitan, whatever fancy pizza. Other than that, every bite ranch dressing. Period. Mm. Doing it tonight. Ranch dressing. You Thank know what my you. favorite ranch dressing thing to do is what? A ton of caviar. Ranch caviar. Ooh. Boom. That's oh. how I ball Tim Hollingsworth. <laughs> wow. Uh, we used to have, so when the Final ba- table style. <laughs> when the bakery opened up, when the bakery opened it up at French Laundry, they would, they would do one staff meal for us a week. They would send pizzas and we would make, you know, the, the person on cheese would make a, the salad and somebody had to make ranch. If somebody not, did, if somebody did not make ranch, we had the worst service, let me tell you. Really? I would be like, all you, like, we bought pizza for you guys. All you guys didn't make a salad. Nobody can make ranch. <laughs> period. Ranch. And you can ask anybody that works there mm. i love it you can't you can't beat that's can't how be much rent. i believe in rent. there it is yeah pluto tv is the leading free streaming television service watch over 100 tv channels and thousands of movies on demand all completely free pluto tv never asks for a credit card you don't even need to sign up to watch for free pluto tv is the easy and completely legal way to watch your favorite tv shows and hit movies for Free. What are you waiting for? Never pay for TV again by downloading Pluto TV. You can download Pluto TV for free on all of your favorite devices today, including your phone, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, Smart TVs, PlayStation, and anywhere else you stream. Can I ask him a question? Homemade. Please. Homemade. So I was, correct me if I'm wrong, you didn't go to culinary school, no. right? You did this all on your own. So now, a couple mentors, but yeah, uh, well, yeah, blah blah blah. Um, but now that you're running a kitchen and you're probably getting a lot of culinary school grads, what do you think about? Do you think it was worth it them going through it? Do you see something in them that's helpful or not helpful? I'm a culinary school grad, so the first thing I would say is no. <laughs> I'm not. The first thing I would say is no. Don't go to culinary school. Yeah. But but. That's it's expensive. Yes, it's very expensive. <laughs> but but I'll say this: if I were to go. If I were to go all the way back and start over and do it again, the one thing I would do is I would go to business school. 
Yeah. And if that was the business side of culinary school or mm-hmm. restaurant school or whatever, mm-hmm. rest, hospitality management, yep. that's what I would do. All day. But not necessarily the cooking aspect of it. Yep. I agree with you. Big time answer. We're going to put this on pause, and we're coming back for a part two with Tim Hollingsworth. But you're going to have to wait for it until next week. It'll be worth it. Stay hungry. Thanks for listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blades. Download new episodes every Tuesday on the Podcast One app, Apple Podcasts, or PodcastOne.com. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much to our sponsors who make this all possible. Anilon, Nouvelle Copper. Visit Macy's to shop the collection or go to Anilon.com now. San Pellegrino. Hitting my chest. That's our heart right there. To find S. Pellegrino in your area, visit sanpellegrino.com. And TrueCar, visit TrueCar for a better car buying experience.